Hello everyone, welcome to and welcome back to the Critique and Chill Podcast. As always, it's your host Cadence. And in this review, I'm going to be going over Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Batman Gotham by Gaslight is a recent DC animated film that is based off of one of, if not the first, Elseworld tales from DC of the same name. For those who don't know, Elseworld tales in DC comics are stories that take place outside of the main continuity. And they were normally just a bunch of what-if scenarios, like this one being a what-if Batman took on Jack the Ripper. And we still have those today, but Elseworlds was just the name of the imprint. Now stuff just kind of happens in the alternate spaces, but that's not what's important. What's important is the movie Batman Gotham by Gaslight. First of all, it differs greatly from the book, so if you read it and you care, then, you know, that's, that's a thing. But if you didn't read it like your boy and you don't care like your boy, then it doesn't matter. The movie is okay. Like, it's fine. It's way too annoying to be good, but it does too many good things to be outright bad. It's a movie I would definitely watch again, but that's just because I'm a fan. And that's where I got to put my first part of criticism. For the longest time, I used to hate on Marvel movies. This is a DC movie, but stick with me. I used to hate on Marvel movies because of their unfaithfulness to the comics and their somewhat boring storylines. And because of my bias to DC, because they have my favorite characters overall, I would mix what Marvel movies do wrong with reasons that I just personally can't get into them. For example, Avengers 1 just didn't do it for me personally because as a reader of comics and player of comic book video games and such, I'm not new to the concept of heroes just teaming up. So whereas everyone was like, oh my god, Captain America and Iron Man in the same movie, wowee, I was just bored because I get enough of that in the stuff that I indulge in personally to the point that just putting characters together just doesn't do it for me anymore. I need them to be doing something, something interesting with hope. That's why Age of Ultron worked so well for me, because at that point, the team is established. So they don't spend the whole movie like, hey, you're friends now. Now they can spend the movie seeing how they interact with each other when they're already established. It brought the characters in a space that gave it a little bit more depth to me personally. But that's all subjective. Nothing about that has to do with the movie quality. So now that I look back on Marvel movies without the bias, they're actually pretty good for the most part. So where does that leave DC and then, more importantly, Batman Gotham by Gaslight? You see, the thing is, with anything that is an adaptation of source material, everyone is trying to find that perfect balance of what makes the source material good and just making a good product overall. For example, the idea of the splendid movie Black Panther was clearly to make a good movie that is good without any prior knowledge of the character or his space, while also keeping what makes him so great intact. And this is where DC falls short, in my opinion. Oftentimes, they seem to be stuck on just making something that is honorable to the source material, full of self-referential material and stuff that's supposed to make the fans go, oh my god, I remember when I read that when I was seven, stuff like that. But they let the whole make it good part fall to the wayside. And that's the problem with Justice League, that's the problem with Batman v Superman, and that's definitely the problem with Batman Gotham by Gaslight. And while this isn't a new issue for DC DC animated movies, it is something that doesn't happen very often. Most of the time, DC animated films bank heavy on fan service and prior knowledge, but they still present the story in a way that is enjoyable for anyone without knowledge of source material, at least with a little bit of breathing room. And when I say rare, I mean like Gotham by Gaslight so far that I know of is the only one that has this heavy flaw. To 
explain what I'm talking about in the context of this movie, I had to look at it like I haven't read the comics or even been about Batman or comic books or anything superhero in my entire life. And even though that's a little bit unfair, and at this point everyone knows at least a little bit of something about superheroes, it's unfair to just assume that they know every little nuance and or gonna care about every little nuance. And you know, beware because I'm about to spoil, so if you care, stop listening. How many people who don't read the comics are going to understand that the three orphans are Dick, Jason, and Tim? The three famous Robins. How are we supposed to be shocked by Gordon being Jack the Ripper if we didn't already know that him and Batman are supposed to be friends? Exactly what sense does it make for Selina Kyle, aka Catwoman, to be so willing to get down with Bruce Wayne even though she barely knows him in this movie? And that's my issue. Because of the fact that you are assumed to have already known these things, the movie just takes a break on the story. As a comic reader, I know the answers to all my previous questions, but if I showed this to someone who doesn't know that, they wouldn't really care all as much because they only have the movie to rely on in terms of where to get their information. And that is why I had to bring up Marvel earlier. Because even with my bias, they make pretty good movies, and it's because they focus on just making the movie good and worry about the other stuff later. And while that gives us good movies, it doesn't give us the best adaptations, and I'm trying to find the sweet spot. Because some aspects of the characters get lost along the way, but my issue with Gotham by Gaslight is that because they changed the source material, which was already an adaptation in and of itself, and then the story they came up wasn't all that good, the movie ends up just being neither a good movie or a good adaptation. It ends up in this like limbo of mediocrity. And overall, it's just a, a disappointment because I had real high hopes for this movie. So what's wrong with it? First and foremost, the animation looks a little too animated series-ish for me. The really dark tone they're going for just doesn't match with it. And if I, I think if they made it look like the more mature Batman animated films, like The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2, then it would have held up a little bit more towards the end. And most of my issues come from the story. The story is a good concept, but it ends up wasted. It is basically Batman v Jack the Ripper, and the execution here is so bad because of how Jack is handled. Like I said before, I'm about to spoil, so watch out. What bothers me is the twist. The fact that we find out that Jack the Ripper was actually Commissioner Gordon. And while I suppose it makes sense to try and shock your audience, this is mainly a problem because of how unscary it is. Even though fear is subjective, a baseline understanding of it is that the minute you expose the monster, the minute the feeling starts to fade. And with that said, and knowing that Jack the Ripper in real life was never caught, why in the world would they give him an identity? Why would they give him motives? It makes him just some guy in the end of the day. Jack the Ripper in real life is terrifying as hell because they never found him. They never found out who he was. He was one of the most vicious and gruesome serial killers to walk the earth. To know that someone was capable of such carnage, got away, never to be found, is a haunting idea. So why would they spoil the best part of their movie by dumbing it down, aside from the obligatory happy ending that comes with defeating the villain? Which I suppose is worth wasting a master idea on, but whatever. Another issue comes with the execution of Gordon as the villain itself. Early in the movie, Gordon has a dream of his wife getting stabbed by the Ripper, but why would he be afraid of his wife getting stabbed by him? We find out that he also burned his wife's face for whatever misguided re reason. So there is totally an argument to be made that Gordon's mind was playing with his dreams, and he was really just watching his darker self take his wife's life. But I refuse to give the movie that much credit. 
You can't spoon feed me a plot that was tarnished from the jump and then get wise and philosophical in the dream sequence. The second thing wrong with Gordon as the villain are his motivations. He tries to go on this rant about how in some war he witnessed people doing unspeakable things, but then he says that whores, a word that in this movie might as well be slang for women, are the blight on the world, and he was killing women to make it clean, or whatever. And while the movie does have some pretty good foreshadowing, and the second watch is pretty good because of some of Gordon's interactions not having deeper meaning knowing that he's the killer, the motivations themselves are bad. And even if they were great, the motive should have been omitted from the movie because Jack the Ripper's real motives were unknown. All my issues with this movie stem from how bad of a character Gordon is, which stems from the fact that he is Jack the Ripper. And my problem with that is it's just a waste of a concept, and it was executed poorly at that. But even if done right, Gordon shouldn't have been Jack. Jack should have remained nameless. The movie's plot is just an endless loop of what the hell, and it just doesn't work on a fundamental level. My third gripe with the movie is how unbelievably strong Gordon is compared to Batman. Like, he stands up to Batman in multiple 1v1s, and even though Batman beats a guy twice Gordon's size in the very beginning of the movie, but not by fighting him, by like basically crippling dude, he somehow still gets beat up by Gordon, and Gordon can just overpower him. They try to explain it by saying Gordon was just a really good boxer, but if Batman, the superhero, gets beat by some physically fit boxer man, then this movie is way more flawed than I thought, and that is sad. What makes all of this worse is that I was in for like the first 25% of the movie. The first death scene was so gruesome. We watched Jack just gut Victorian era, I mean Victorian era Poison Ivy as she screams her lungs out. It's hard to watch, but when we see him kill someone else and all that fear from his last kill just ramps up and it turns out to just be some off-screen scream, it's a real letdown and the movie just takes a die from there. Now my last gripe is just a me thing, but where are the black people? Maybe I've been spoiled by Black Panther, but where are the black people? There were totally black Victorians, and there may have not been that much, and they may have been slaves, but that's never stopped anybody before. I just didn't notice them, maybe. But, like, my issue is that if you can toy with history enough to put in Batman in the Victorian era and to change Jack the Ripper entirely, then why is it such a just a leap to put black people in a time that most likely had them? I mean, you can add fake white people, but no Africans at all. And, you know, they didn't have to be main characters. They could have just been crowdfather. You know, I just would have appreciated seeing them. And while this is nothing new, like movies been doing this forever, it's just annoying. It's like if someone ran into your house, stabbed you, and then asked nicely for a location of your wallet or purse. And while all of what I said sounds like make it makes the movie sound like a bad one, it's not that, it's just nonsensical and mediocre, and quite frankly, it's mad lazy. It has some cool easter eggs and interesting spins on popular characters, some okay fight scenes and some decent vo voice acting. It's just not good as, it, as good as it should be, or it could have been. And while I'm sure this was just a fluke, if this is a sign of things to come in the future, then DC might as well sell themselves to Disney before they do any irreversible damage well y'all that's it for this episode of critique and chill thank you for the listens it's always much appreciated be sure to you know 
give me some feedback whatever that may be negative positive mediocre in the middle it's whatever but you know thank you either way for just checking this out and especially thank you if you made it this far into listening um be sure to go and check me out on twitter at critique chill or instagram at critique and chill but you know whether you do or you don't you will or you won't thank you so much appreciated <laughs>